0: Welcome to a special edition of the Living Force Podcast and the Cosmic Force Podcast. Interview with Star Wars author Daniel Jose Older. And now, here are your hosts... Eric Eilerson, Emma Park... And Jacob Bosch
1: hello everyone and welcome to the first ever co-episode between the living force and the cosmic force on the Utini podcast network I am one of your hosts Eric Eilerson and joining me tonight today it's an afternoon show are Jacob and Emma from the cosmic Force, and a special guest and let me tell y'all if you like shooting last viewing from a certain point adventuring in the high republic and most importantly racing to crash point tower you are in the right place because my friends we have daniel jose older welcome to the show it is
2: i (laughs) it's great to be here thanks (laughs) for having
1: me oh man of course uh viewers you are watching this and listening to this a little later but today is launch day of race to crash point tower and before we get into anything else daniel how you doing how were your last six hours
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, honestly the truth of it is great first of all i'm also um (laughs) Like editing a totally different non-Star Wars book. So it's oh, man. it's really hard to focus because my Twitter is just constantly like love, like it's beautiful. You know, it's people do mm-hmm. like congratulations and da-da-da. And awesome reviews. And I just got a review from like a seven-year-old. It's really oh, sweet. Yeah, oh, man. I just reposted on Twitter. Um, but I'm also like, I must focus. <laughs> focus is like out the window. So I just took a nap. That was amazing, and hopefully that'll recalibrate me. And we'll see how it goes. But everything is is going really well. We had a great panel last night uh, with Bonds and Noble, mm-hmm. and it's been really great.
1: Well, I'm I'm so glad. It's it's so deserved. Race, Crash Point is such a freaking fun novel. No spoilers in this in this interview, folks. Don't worry. Don't click away. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm glad if you got to split focus, it's for something that fun. So. Uh, Emma, if you want to go to our our pre-approved list of questions, uh, let's go yes. ahead and jump in.
3: Yeah, let's do it. First of all, Daniel, I loved Race to Crash My <laughs> Tower, and I'm loving your work on the Higher Public Adventures. Just really solid stuff all around. Thank, you. Thank um, you so much. But before we dive into that specifically, let's start with the day that you got that first phone call or email or communication uh, that you were going to be an architect of the higher public, which, by the way, is a very cool title. I must say, uh,
2: I, I what was that feeling of my like for job you? Job titles I've ever had. I think. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Right. What was that feeling like to 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 be part of this amazing group of t uh, a group of people that? that gets to build this brand new era in Star Wars.
2: Totally. Just about as incredible as you might imagine. Um, What's really cool is that it it happened in person. Did I freeze? No, you're good. You're You're good. good.
3: You're good. Yeah.
2: Um, What's really cool is that it actually happened in person. I was on tour um, for my middle grade historical adventure series, Dactyl Hill Squad, which is about kids riding soldiers into the Civil War. And my tour took me through San Francisco and I hit up Michael Siglain, to let him know i'd be in town and he said oh perfect i wanted to talk to you about something and i was like this could either be really good or really bad (laughs) like getting pulled into the principal's office right (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) like the coolest principal in the world for sure for sure and look anytime i get a chance that's like we talk a lot about the skywalker ranch which is one Mm -hmm. of the most sacred places on earth honestly but we don't talk enough about how great star wars headquarters lucasfilm headquarters is in san francisco Mm -hmm. which is a truly also really magical place where ilm also is housed it's in the presidio which is this really beautiful park and san francisco has always been one of my favorite cities so i just never pass up a chance to get over there if if i can they have the yoda fountain all that so i i just went on over and michael took me into his office and closed the door and i was like oh boy um, I always say is basically like there's a scene in Solo that, that that's in the preview but I think they cut out of the final movie where Beckett is like I'm putting together a team right and like <laughs> yeah. everyone's like yeah I'm putting together a team and then we're all looking for it in the movie and it's not there <laughs> 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 that's what like that Mike was Beckett in that moment and like he was like alright you know this is what I'm doing of course at the time it wasn't the High Republic yet that was still a year or so more away uh-huh. from being established it was the idea was really just to put a group of so-called and I will take this moniker all-star Star Wars writers and um together and see what we could craft and see what basically what corner of the Galaxy could we carve out to make our own and launch this huge cross-platform initiative that would be ours to play in and that's what we did Jeez, that it, just the <laughs> idea of, of that much just openness
1: and trust is just so cool from from our point of view because I feel like for years people heard about like you know, there's there's rules and everything is pretty strict. And then every time that you're know, the Luminous Squad, the, you guys all talk about it, it's like, yeah, we they trusted us first and then the project. And I
2: just that idea is so cool. Yeah, and I think um, I yeah, I mean there are there of course there's like anytime you're playing, even when you're doing regular Star Wars stuff, like of course you're you're playing in someone else's sandbox. And oh sure, more, sure, sure. More than that though, like it's just that there are so many people in that sandbox. It's not even like mm-hmm. someone yeah. else's. Like there's a lot of other kids playing there and they're doing a lot of things and you don't want to knock over a castle that someone's been building, you know, for years and years. Right. Right. So they do their best to avoid that. And that's always what it's felt like. Like what I've been surprised by more than anything is how little I've been like restricted, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I said this on Twitter before I constantly write with the understanding that like, not even in a bad way, I just know, you know, like, like, I don't know what's gonna make it past the story group and what isn't, but sure. 90% of the time, they're like, this is great, just make the guy purple or whatever. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Like, I, yeah. I just finished edits on a comic script for Higher Public Adventures, and I was like, Oh, I can I can do all of this? Like, word, <laughs> like it just blew Dude, my mind, and it's fun.
1: Biscuits! So. Biscuit recipes in Star Wars, man. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no comment, but yes. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> uh so
1: uh speaking of of that that higher public work a lot of your higher public work and especially all your novels like you talked about with dapdell hill squad they focus a lot on kids as heroes like these kids are competent they're curious they're they're complicated right and why why is that so crucial to you as a writer specifically that you write books about kids but they can do anything adults can
2: right well, because it's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> right there you go <laughs> But also, I think, like, to me, the fundamental piece of children's literature that makes it children's literature is that it focuses on kids like they are front and center. They're the ones who the story is about. We might dip in and out of points of view of adults here and there. But for Mm -hmm. the most part, we are telling kid focused stories about kids driven by kids. And it's really cool to get to do that in a world where, you know, young people are given a lot of responsibility as Jedi. You know, yeah, even back sure. then, like they're trying not to make child soldiers out of them, <laughs> even back then, <laughs> trying, yeah, right? <laughs> like they're under attack constantly. And that's a reality mm-hmm. of that. So they have to be combat ready. And with that, it sucks for the actual kids, you know, but fortunately, they're not real. So, you mm-hmm. know, we get to get great stories out of those adventures and what that means to be a young person in a galaxy that's changing very fast. And suddenly going from peace to war, which not for nothing is something I think a lot of kids can relate to, unfortunately, in this world, which are also changing very, very fast, much faster than it did when most of us were kids. And it's startling. You know, I think kids are dealing with that trauma in a very real way. And my hope is that, you know, they'll see themselves in these young folks that we get to follow running around the galaxy, you know, having fun with lightsabers and defending each other and themselves and, you know, learn a lot, too, but also mostly have a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, the idea of a kid being able to be like, you know, I'm having a tough day, but Lula had a really tough day. But look how much fun she had and look how much stuff she could actually do. And she, you know, fell down once. Like, that's right. it's the stuff that I wish I, I had as a kid,
2: too. And, and it lets us talk, because the Jedi Order is the way it is, and just in general, Star Wars is, you know, it's like we get to have those deeper conversations, too, I think, you know, and, yeah. and you see that in Crash Point Tower and Lula and Vernestra are having this really complicated conversation about attachment and the Force and what it means to be a Jedi on the way into battle, right? And like, yeah! You know, yeah. That's, that's what you got to do. You got to get it in there when you can, when things are moving fast.
1: Yeah, it's like, honestly, that I love that part of the story. It reminded me like Gandalf and Pippin when they're just like waiting. He's like, Gandalf, what's it like? He's like, well, here you go, man. This is what's going to (laughs) happen. Love it.
0: Yeah, so, you know, starting from High Republic Adventures and going to Race to Crash Point Tower, you've really had a great opportunity to uh, transition, bringing in a lot of the same characters like Lula and Zine. Uh, What's it like? How does your process change when you're writing for these different mediums but using the same characters?
2: Remote. Mostly it's a question of just trying to like use the medium for all the things that it allows you to do. And Mm -hmm. like really, I don't wanna say take advantage of, but really take advantage of the medium, you know? So like with prose, you can go much deeper into a character's head. Even if Mm -hmm. you're not writing in first person, which these books aren't, um, this is what we would call close third, right? So it's like the narrator's right behind the person and and we're seeing into their thoughts a lot. Um, And you can't do that as much with comics. You can do it visually in certain ways, but you're not gonna have like panels and panels of just words of internal thoughts, right? Cause that would be boring, uh, but it works in a book. And so that's something that I, I really wanted to use the opportunity of having Lula in a novel to get into that mindset of what she's experiencing. You know, like well, for Lula, one of her big conflicts is that she's extremely ambitious, right? Yeah. And you like, it's almost like a backwards thing to want to be the greatest Jedi in the world. Like that's problematic, right? Just, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> About like being the best, they're just supposed to be great, like whatever, you know. And uh, you know, so she struggles with that. She's a she's a teenage girl, and she's trying to figure out her way through that. And it doesn't make her less of a great friend which is something that I really love about her. She really takes care of everyone around her and she's a leader in all these ways. And she also really wants to get ahead and be the best, right? So here's a great opportunity to talk about that and put her in different situations where she can internally process that. Um, Whereas with the comic, like that still comes up. That's the first thing we know about her, right? We're introduced Mm -hmm. immediately through her first person, you know, inside thoughts. Um, But it's more about the action and the things that, the scenarios that she's put in where she has to make decisions. And also like with the comics, it's all about letting Harvey Tolebao, who's a genius, go wild. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> no, it's incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just want to like let him spread his wings in every way possible. It, right at the beginning of the run, I emailed him and I was like, what are your favorite things to draw so I can try to like toss them to you sometimes? And he was like, no, I literally love to draw everything. And I thought at the time, I was like, nobody loves to draw everything. No <laughs> <myself."> <laughs> Harvey really loves to draw everything and you can tell in how he draws it because everything he draws, whether it's a really funny scene or ridiculous scene or absolute carnage, you know, he kills it like out of love. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's jumped out about higher public Adventures so much to, to some folks that may not have read, like, adventures comics in the past. Like, the pages that you write and he draws are so dense with, like, there's lives in the background, and, like, the action scenes are double-page spreads of ship battles, but if you look, there's all these other Jedi, and that takes so much time that I'm sure <laughs> not everyone looks at, but the fact that he does all that is incredible.
2: I know, and, you know, I, I almost feel bad because it's, like, I guess if I hadn't written so much prose, where I feel like I did my due diligence, <laughs> like dupe writing all the details and put it on, you know, but with comics, it's different. Like, it's not mm-hmm. your job as the writer to do all that, it's the artist's job. And fortunately, Harvey loves it. But, you know, I'll write a comic that's like a huge space battle or a panel description, huge space battle, you know, the Nile versus the Jedi, ba! <laughs> literally, like, that's the whole description. Damn. And then Harvey will take like four days of being like, <laughs> ridiculous and absolutely iconic spread and you know that's
0: yeah it's crazy some of those like battles on Tremont 4 where it's like there's so much happening so much going on but it like doesn't overwhelm you you can you can like you can look at it see clearly what's happening but then like take the step back and get that bigger picture of really what all's in this panel exactly yeah
3: it's almost like a where's waldo you know you could go back <laughs> to these pages and pick out something new each time totally. and it, it's it's so much fun yeah. and they work so well uh with the the story that you've written and um speaking of that you've successfully woven a lot of major story elements into the higher public adventures um such as Martian rose mystery weapon uh among others as well as big characters that are are prominent in Wave uh wave two and uh so I want to ask, what is it like being able to work alongside the other uh, luminous authors and creators while spanning this grand story over so many different titles and mediums?
2: Let me actually ask you guys a question. I will answer that. But I'm wondering yeah. if you picked up on the Easter egg about whatever happened to Yoda in Crash Point Tower.
0: I have not read the book yet. So I the to oh, know what it is. The people, yeah. no. <laughs> right, right. You oh,
3: know, my I gosh. I don't think I did.
1: Oh, I read these things too
0: early. I, I You're gonna have I, to
3: read it again, you know. I'm going to read it tonight. That's it.
0: I got the notification right. in the middle of this interview that it's on my doorstep right now. So, you oh. know, give me like a week. And...
3: <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay.
2: Well, well, to answer your question, I, yeah. will, I will point out slyly that there is an Easter egg in there. And, and it's one, it's a thread that I pull throughout all my High Republic writing. So, we'll see. Oh, it
3: interesting.
2: Down the road in, in other ways. Um, I'm not going to say where. But um, that, that really is, I would say, like, it's the most fun and it's the most challenging part of the project is to coordinate. Um, mm-hmm. Like we were talking about earlier with, like, when you're writing Skywalker Saga era canon, um, you know, you're coordinating with people who are nowhere to be seen, right? Stuff that was written 40 years ago sometimes. It depends right. on what, and everything since. Not everything, But, you know. Um, but this is like, we have the benefit of being able to call each other, literally call each other on the phone and be like, oh, and discuss a, a topic or whatever, or usually it happens in the Slack and someone like, when I was like, as soon as I read, um, into the dark, I was like, I really want to get the crew of the vessel in to hang out with the Padawans. It's, it's literally like parents making a play date. I would like hit up Claudia <laughs> and be like, yes! are you guys free? Like, can, can they hang out with my kids, you know, like in this era? And she'll be That's like, great. let me check that calendar. Okay, no, they're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love that. Yeah. I love the the moment from
0: the Barnes and Noble panel last night where Justine Ireland's like, like a fighter oh,
2: pilot just flew over my house. Okay.
3: Oh wow. Oh, oh I, I just, just heard it. it. Yeah.
0: But yeah. It's like okay, Justine okay. Ireland in the panel last night's like, yeah, just I called up Cav and asked if I could kill right. this character. He's like, Oh yeah, we're good.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's it's exactly that. And then and then when you're done, you know, you send it to them or you put it wherever, you know, people can read it and they we bounce it back and forth and and you kinda land there. And that's you know, like I said, this is like really fun because you're much more in conversation with a literally like living creator and their living characters in a way that's a little bit different. Um, you know, with other Star Wars stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what that many play dates I went to as a kid that I might die at, but you know what? There probably <laughs> were some. Um but but speaking of those, those kids of y'alls, uh, so there's a ton of amazing characters in the High Republic. You guys have made so many already classic memorable characters, and I'm sure there's a ton we haven't met that you all love even more than we know. <laughs>
2: yes, I can confirm that. I just saw <laughs> so, concept art of one today that I'm, like, dying for people to see, and I can't. Even... Uh, I which,
1: know, sorry. <laughs> no, again, the, so a, a sidebar on that, too. The fact that there's so much concept art of this era yeah. is, it's great. what right? a great idea. Like the visual, the amount of visuals of the higher public, I think, is something that has blown us all away continuously for like a book initiative. Like comics, yes, but that was very all the concept.
2: I think that was really um, a smart decision that I know we talked about from the beginning. Like, if we're gonna do this, we need people to be able to see these characters really clearly because one of yeah. the hardest, one of the, first of all, one of the things we all love the most about Star Wars is the visual aspect. Even those of us who love Star Wars books, like we love the visuals, and right, you know, and that just gives people something to really sink their teeth into, and like have a have a kind of a a point at which we can all converge and be like, okay, this is what they look like, and then, and what's really cool is just seeing them in the hands of so many different artists, right? So it starts with mm-hmm. concept art, but then we get Peter Anderson's great work in all the middle grades, and we get Harvey's work, you know, like, and then that, that's what's so cool about seeing characters crossover too.
1: Yeah. No, I I love that, and I guess this is a, I know this is a dicey question, and it's not, it's not a gotcha, but do you have a favorite character that you've gotten to create, and then a favorite character that someone else created that maybe you haven't been able to write yet? Like, who are some of your standouts in your heart?
2: Right. Um, um, Man, no, it's a great question, and it's, I feel like it's a it's a it's a cheat to be like I love them all differently but it really does yeah <laughs> like there's, there's just moments I will say this like this is a bit of a teaser but in the next couple arcs in the next two arcs specifically of uh, high Republic adventures we really get to go deeper with farzala and Quart. and oh, sweet yeah and that was really fun for me because they're not central characters in the first arc and mm-hmm. they're but they're there and they're a constant presence and I love them and I kind of had like sort of vague notions about what was going on with each of them when I first started. And then those grew in part through you know seeing Harvey's art. And you know, so it was a very like uh, holistic kind of organic process of understanding who they were because we had more time to do it because they're just sort of hanging around on the side. right? But now we get to go deeper into them and there's levels of hilarity and depth that I just didn't know was true about them until I wrote them more. So they're, they're two of my standouts for sure. But then obviously, like Lula Zine. I think the moment with Zine, and I won't spoil it, but in the the moment towards the end of the fifth issue of High Republic Adventures, where Zine kind of makes a very particular place. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite moments. I feel like the whole series emotionally was leading up to that moment, like up before that. Um, there's cool battles in that scene, in that issue. There's a lot of stuff that issue is heavy with stuff. Yeah. But that moment <laughs> It's so pivotal. And it, also the Jedi reaction to that moment, you know, like in the follow, <laughs> right. in the in the, the next couple of pages, we see how they respond to her doing that. And to me, that's really telling and indicative of the whole Jedi Order at that time, which is not um, trying to cast people out, but trying to bring people into the fold in lots of different ways and being expansive in how they even understand what it means to be you know associated with the Jedi order even if you're not a full Jedi and all those things. So that that that's those moments really stood out for me as a writer.
1: Yeah. And it just just remembering those moments gets it, it gets me a little emotional thinking about that book because it's like you talked earlier about how your books are so good about teaching kids lessons but like just saying that out loud is like man how many adults and in- older people also may need those lessons oh like, yeah definitely you know yeah, come on
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and the, and you know again with the moments with with Lula understanding attachment there's there's a mm-hmm. lot of um, discussion up ahead about fear because these yep. kids are,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know in the middle of a lot of fear Jedi aren't really supposed to feel fear right like mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. what kind of a human or sentient species are you if you don't feel fear right so right. there's a lot with the farzala we'll talk more about fear with that um, arc and there's just so many cool conversations to be had, but to answer the other part of your question, it was definitely the vessel crew, um, especially like, look, like <laughs> writing Geode is a challenge. Let's do it, yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's hard to That's write. That's the question
3: we all wanted to ask, about. It.
2: <laughs> so when Claudia gave her thumbs up on that issue, I was like, oh, I did something. Like that, like, <laughs> it's hard to write a sentient rock. I will say that as soon as I read that character, though, I was like, Court and Geode have to hang out. Oh, Those are two yes. characters. Yes. That- <laughs> yes. Oh my uh,
3: goodness, yes. Killing.
2: Like, obviously, right? So that may or may not happen, but I'll tell you, that was on my wish list from the beginning. It's awesome.
3: That's amazing. Oh my <clears> goodness. <throat> <laughs> I cannot wait to see that.
0: <laughs> What's, like, interesting with those two characters is, like, obviously, Harvey can bring a lot to Court because you don't really have any intelligible dialogue, but he can still right. emote exactly. and everything, but then you have Geode, where he doesn't have any dialogue at all, and he's a rock, so. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! It's hey. Vintian. Vintian, come I on apologize. now! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, I'm so excited for the the next issues with with the with the crew in court, Far, and Court and Farzala,
2: but they're on they're uh, on Nal hatta, which is also a planet I've always found really uh, fascinating. You know, we see it in the Clone That's Wars, really. um mm-hmm. but not not much besides that. So it's it's it was fun to explore. That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah.
0: So taking a, a quick uh, a reprieve from high Republic related questions and talking about some fun characters, mm-hmm. you have a one shot comic with four l o m and Zuccas coming up this year for War of the Bounty Hunters, and you also you know happen to write those characters that duo <laughs> from from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. What drew you to this character these set of you know relatively
2: minor characters in the whole grand scheme of things you know I'll be honest i didn't I feel like I didn't really crack how to write them until the Marvel one shot. Mm-hmm. um like you'll, if you read the certain point of view story you'll notice that it's really from the a point of it's... view of not them <laughs> No,
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's, that, it's, man. It's,
2: yeah yeah it's like a, you know it's this little reporter who's trying to who's supposed to be writing like a lifestyle piece on them, like a puff piece basically mm-hmm. on how they're great you know um what's it called and they're not and so it goes awry <laughs> and there's a shootout and you mm-hmm. know all that but um and you know they're pivotal in the story for sure. I just didn't know how to get into their heads. And it was really writing the Marvel and really actually where Charles Soul left them off at the end of issue one of War of the right. Bounty Hunters. Mm-hmm. It really like made it make sense to me in terms of how to write it. So I know that's a little vague necessarily, but um, I do. Now that I've written them, I'm like, Oh, wow. Like, and, and they came to me with that. I wasn't like, let me write for full. <laughs> now I love writing them. And I, and I wasn't mad at it. I was like, great, I'll, I'll guess, yeah, yeah. let's do this, you know. But the, all of the underworld stuff is always like a point of fascination for me with Star Wars. So any underworld mm-hmm. stuff that I can write, I'm always happy to do it. So I was like, great, let's do this. Uh, I had no idea how, um, but, but again, like where that where we kind of leave them at the last time we see them um, with Charles really kind of like clicked for me. And I was like, oh, this is how we really get into them and get into like uh, telling a really complex story about them. And it is a really complex story. That I'd never it's stuff that happened in between them that I never thought we would see. And uh, I'm just excited for people to see it. There's also a couple little high Republic Easter eggs in there and some new characters that I'm really excited about and an older character that I have never gotten to see that I'm excited for people to see.
1: Sweet.
3: That is I, quite the tease. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> also I, I gotta
1: ask, I know that it's written a certain way that we get four L O M
2: are you a four-lom or four-lom Good. guy? It's four-lom. I understand right, that canonically. No. <laughs> canonically, it is four-lom. Yes. And every time I have to write it in a comic dialogue script, uh, they say four-lom, but it is four-lom. All right, great.
3: I so, say it no, four-lom. I always have, and ability. I've gotten a lot of flack for that. Uh, in our, Emma, in our you're, you're from
1: Maine. It's a different area. I don't know. <laughs> it's no, that is weird. true.
2: Maine is, yeah. you know, but technically, a she's breed. right. yeah yeah technically canonically correct I am canonically correct you're
1: right (laughs) (laughs) you're correct but we're right I think that's the it's the
0: (laughs) it's the the classic Daniel Jose Alder uh quote tweet canon
3: exactly Uh, there it is (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh that's that's fantastic um so moving back to the higher public and and some Mm -hmm. more new stuff um, this fall you'll be releasing the mini-series Trail of Shadows. Um, so what was it like transitioning from the Higher Public adventures to shadows um, with their different target audiences?
2: Yeah, they're really different. And that's yeah. uh, the four Lamonzakas thing was actually kind of a nice warm-up to that because that's a similar mm. vibe in t- in terms of audience and like it's very gritty and you know, it's like much more like reservoir dogs than Avatar The Last Airbender, I guess. Like, right? Great. <laughs> <laughs> There's the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so Trail of Shadows is, is more... Uh, I, for me, like, the, the inspirations are kind of um, True Detective 7. Uh, the movie... Um, uh, what I just rewatched it. It's amazing. This That uh, Hong Kong action... Um, uh, uh, it Man? No. No. Um, no, 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 no. That's... Uh... Oh, man, the name just went out of my head. Hard 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 boiled. no
1: hard boiled no, yeah oh so, yeah
2: oh i love that movie i, yeah. I saw it when i was a teenager and i didn't realize how much it influenced me until i re-watched it recently and i was like oh yeah this is all i want to do it. and then the mountain <laughs> falcon like all those old noir movies i love so much um so a lot of that went into it and then of course star wars. um but what's cool about it is that it's it's it would be cool enough if it was just like star wars noir right that's enough for me to buy it no matter what oh, but what's too, great yeah. about this is that it's on its own it's a great detective story but it's very very integral to the larger high republic arc in a lot of ways and there are cool you know tie-ins to things just across the board um around all the the, the in the entire initiative it's all very um connected and it's also really fun to see a jedi pair up with a non-jedi and what does that look like yeah and, you know like wh- you know especially when it's the, the underworld <laughs> that we're dealing with i'll leave it at that
3: Totally I can't wait for it It sounds amazing
1: thank you yeah and uh, uh so every time we hear about the connectivity of the higher public, it still just amazes me like they, it's just something that we we've never seen and we're so excited to keep seeing nice. um and to brand and to kind of go to the bigger picture for a second here as we as we get close to wrapping up uh so star wars in 2021 obviously looks very different than it did even a few years ago like mandalorian and book of boba fett they got leads of color basically every book has leads of color or lbgdq plus members and as someone like you have hasn't shied away from calling out whitewashing and fantasy literature and all those things over the years
2: mm-hmm.
1: what do you think is so important about just kind of keeping that momentum going forward especially in star wars
2: i mean it's just important because it's true you know just like it's always that's always been the the fight you know is like yeah. we're really always just trying to get people to tell more honest stories about the world yeah which Star Wars has always wanted to do and done to different degrees of success, you know, mm-hmm. over the over the years. So, you know, to me, like the question of diversity isn't so much about like politics as it is much about telling the truth. A- For and sure, the world is very complex. There are many genders. There are many races. There are many colors, and that's just yep. a basic fact. Um, any kind, of, there's no way to really like not want those to be represented mm-hmm. without. Bigotry, like what? What is your? What is anyone's yeah. argument for being like? No, they shouldn't be in there. Of course, they should be in that's there. That's it. It's really just very basic. Um, yeah. So you know, I I think it's always just about telling the truth and telling great stories and great adventures, and that's what we all strive to do um, across the board. Love it.
1: Yeah, and it's. I mean, and it has shown. I don't think it's an accident that the kind of rise of star wars literature the last couple of years especially in the popular cycle has coincided with all these new stories and all these new communities that are like oh i'm in a star wars book it's not it's not just people that look like like honestly they look like me i've been in star wars all my life but now there's like all kinds of stories that are coming and all of these people are coming to read the books and it exactly. just makes sense
2: yeah and you know? honestly like the feedback that i've gotten from people who are just like wow I've never seen myself in Star Wars to this level before. Like that's just really makes it all worthwhile on so many levels. Um, and that's that's been true of my non-Star Wars work too. And that's yeah. really always just like the most fulfilling uh, feedback to get. Not, not just that they appeared in there, but that they saw their humanity in that character, you know, that that character right. lived in flesh and blood entity that really spoke to them and to their reality. Like that, you know, uh, I think people who've never had to translate themselves don't really know the heartbreak of having to translate yourself and try to like, mm-hmm fit a character into who you are somehow because you don't see yourself anywhere. That's a very heartbreaking experience to, to go through, especially as a child in a, in a franchise or a genre that you love, but to feel like it doesn't love you back because you don't exist in it. If you don't know that heartbreak, you don't know that heartbreak. And that's, that's cool, but don't try to take it away from other people.
1: hundred percent. Well, I mean, yeah.
2: yeah. Representation
3: a- is is just so important in, in star Wars. If, if we've learned anything in the last uh, few years, just, getting more people represented in stories and I don't think anyone does it better than you and so on behalf of, of everybody like thank you for for giving us a diverse set of characters it's it's very important and, and it only improves the stories and, and it helps that. people see themselves so thank,
2: thank you thank you thank you that means yeah. a lot and that's really what I strive to do on top of telling great stories you know I, I think the one thing that All Star Wars fans can agree on and there's not many things that that's true. Yeah, like like stories really do matter like like Star Wars is about good stories and we love Star Wars because we love good storytelling. Obviously, like the creatures and the ships and all that like we have our pockets of things that really make us happy. It's the creatures for me. But uh, at the end of the day, those matter and those are great and we love them so much because they're wrapped in a great, great story. So. For me, like stories are that powerful and they matter that much that it can, you know, literally bring millions of people together across the world. People who hate each other sometimes. Right. Like that's a powerful thing. I have to take that power with a lot of responsibility. And if I don't, people get hurt. That's really what it comes down to. Like, I, I don't. You can't be an irresponsible storyteller. It's irresponsible. There are consequences to it, you know. So it's not really about like censorship or telling people what to do anything else. It's about taking very seriously the responsibility of story which is in my hands.
1: Well, I mean, that's that's it. That's what that's we're not gonna we're not gonna get better than that. So I wanna say as we wrap up here, first of all. Congratulations on the day! Uh, again, race crash point tower is out now. High public adventures keep coming out. Um, look at all these beautiful projects coming out. You work with some ridiculously talented artists that just blow our mind away. Um, before we let you go on off to uh either nap again, edit again, or just take a (laughs) have a nice drink at the end of the night, tell folks where they can find you and what's coming up.
2: For sure. Um, let's see. My website is daniel jose older that's got all my books um, where you can easily find them it has a a blog actually where i was keeping track of my life as a new york city paramedic for the 10 years that i did that that's also a lot of where i learned to write was just in blogging those wild stories that i was a part of and, and lived through um you can also find actually uh some online writing classes that i have posted um in some different websites their video and audio classes about the fundamentals of writing so by all means check those out again it's daniel jose um on social media you can find me on twitter at at dj older instagram is at daniel jose one and tiktok oh my, we didn't do the tiktok rising star question
1: because your TikTok's is an amazing follow, my friend. That is, that is some fun
2: stuff. It's very chaotic. But I will say this. Yes. TikTok is the only social media platform where I am 100% G-rated.
1: That's fair. <laughs> <There's> no
2: <laughs> swearing. I, I try to keep it very wholesome and pure on TikTok. Um, I do. I succeed. Um, but it's at Daniel Jose Older is my full name on TikTok. And that's me.
1: All right. Well, thank you again for for hanging out with us. Y'all head over, get, get these books, read these comics. If you haven't read a comic in a while, this is time to jump on. We hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, hey, everyone watching, Force with you, light and life, you know the drill. We'll
2: see you later. Right. Thanks, y'all. Take care.
0: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community.